and 16 through 20, Esther. A ruler who lacks understanding is a great oppressor, but he who hates covetousness will prolong his days. A man burdened with his bloodshed will flee into a pit. Let no one help him. Whoever walks blamelessly will be saved, but he who is preserved in his ways will suddenly fail, suddenly fall. He who tills his land will have plenty of bread, but he who follows traversity, which means silliness, uh, will be poverty enough. A faithful man will abound with his blessings, but he who just hastens to be rich will not go unpunished. Okay, and then 21 through 28, Cindy. To have respect to persons is not good. For, for, for a piece of bread that man will transgress. He that hasteth to be rich hath an evil eye, and considereth not that poverty shall come upon him. He that rebuketh a man afterwards shall find more favor than he that flattereth with the tongue. Whoso robbeth his father or his mother, and saith, It is no transgression, the same is the companion of the destroyer. He that is of a proud heart stirreth up strife, but he that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. He that trusteth in his own heart is a fool, but whoso walketh wisely, he shall be delivered. He that giveth unto the poor shall not lack, but he that hideth his eyes shall have many a curse. When the wicked rise, men hide themselves, but when they perish, the righteous increase. Now one of the outlines <clears throat> that I have um, is from Ryrie, and he Actually, uh, starting back in chapter 25, he, these are Proverbs of Solomon that were copied from his writings, but years later uh, by Hezekiah, King Hezekiah's men. And if those are, these are Proverbs concerning relationships with others. And... And 25, it's, it's uh, relationships with kings. And then uh, starting in verse 8 of 25, with neighbors. And then in verse 21 through 24, with enemies. And with yourself, um, 25 through 26, 2. Then with fools, 26, 3 through... 26.12, and then with sluggards, uh, I love that name, it reminds me of the snail, you know, the sluggard, uh, 26.13 through 16, with gossips, 26.17 through 28, then um, he goes into Proverbs concerning actions in relation to life, verse uh, chapter 27 through... 20, uh, 27, the whole chapter, and then in relationship to law, verses 28, I'm sorry, chapter 28, verses 1 through 10, and then the final part of that is uh, actions in relationship to wealth, chapter 28, 11 through 28. That kind of helped me keep on track 
I kind of like an outline so I don't I don't get too far afield when I'm thinking about the context here and uh, um, as we said uh, a couple of weeks ago these things require a bit of effort they're just not laying on the surface <laughs> they take a little bit of effort to dig out the meaning um, so in that context have you been reading Proverbs how many of you have been reading Proverbs? Okay, good, good, good. Okay, so now there's just three more after today. And you've read today. You've read 28, right? You read it at least the first time. If you do it multiple times, at least you got one. Okay, so how many of you plan to continue the last three? Okay, good. Okay. Um, I hope you do uh, because that's, it. actually I think God will really... For all of you that have read, studied, meditated, and applied, as Pastor said, it's part of getting the power from God's Word. I think God will really bless you for that effort. And uh, I want to encourage you to continue to do that. So question number three, uh, what verse or verses were interesting to you this week? And now you can go back, too. You don't have to just keep it to the last, uh, the last uh, whatever... Monday, Sunday through uh, uh, Saturday were, but is there something that made an impression uh, or emphasized a truth or a principle as you read them that you want to share with us? Or an example of something uh, that applying it to your life? Scotty, I thought in, uh, in chapter 28 in verse... Um, Verse 5, it says, Evil men do not understand justice, but those who seek the Lord understand all. Yes. Yes. And part of that is because of our relationship to God. Um, you know, he set the context in uh, one Proverbs 1, 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. So the Lord imparts that wisdom to us and we can understand justice but evil men don't but the those that seek the lord understand all and it helps you kind of understand why some of the politicians are the way they are they just after uh self-interest rather than uh true uh, true equality and justice other 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 ones Say it again. Proverbs 18, verse 16. Uh, Proverbs 18, 16. Checks in. The man's gift maketh room for him and bringeth him before a great man. Let us remind you, it's not a physical gift, it's just in those gifts that God has given you, even though you might not know what it is. But when you use those gifts the way God has, and He rewards you with uh, people coming to you for or out of respect or whatever if you're glorifying God yeah so uh, say that again if you don't mind so <laughs> okay, so um, it's not physical gifts it's just gifts that you God has given you whether it be uh, good character uh, integrity uh, you know, yeah. knowledge wisdom 
that you use those gifts to help others or in general that God will reward you for that for using the gifts he gave you in the way he wanted you to. I like that. I like that application. Now, um, I like that application. I do. Um, my resources indicate that that is a uh, that gift is a a more neutral term for a bribe, uh, as it, like an in, innocent courtesy, uh, a gift type of thing. But I think you could you could as an application talk about the character you have and and the the gifts God's given us, and as you use those. Uh, it could certainly bring you in great places. Is that kind of the sense of what you were saying? I like that. I like that better than Ryrie's. <laughs> um, let me see here. Scotty, to add to that, yeah. um, God never... Uh, God never calls the equipped. He always equips the call. So even with the disciples, you know, with, with their uh, their living that they did, the the just the type of people that they were, look how he equipped them when yeah. they just yes. they would right. Him. right. And he does do that. And um, I found a book when my mom died. Um, and I went through all of her books, uh, and it was by a Bible college professor named Roy Gingrich, and he was kind of an expert. He just did an outline on, on uh, Proverbs, and he said that uh, a gift may be used, may be wisely used to secure favor of others that might do them and others good, which is basically what you said. And and we got we do remember that God equips us as, as Esther said. It says we as Christians practice toward men the social gospel. That is, we we're out out and among them, and we're living a Christian life before them, uh, so that we might cause them to recognize the difference between us and others, uh, and they, that uh, so that they might listen to the saving gospel. Another application there. Um, okay, really good, good stuff. That was I love that. Others, any others? Um, what? I see here, Scotty, that um, when you first read it, you think it's strange. Of course, a lot of the proverbs, unless you sit down and really think about it, yeah. you know, go back and forth in scripture and look at things, you think are very strange. Yeah. It's uh, Proverbs uh, twenty-seven, verse twenty. It says, hell and destruction are never full. So the eyes of man are never satisfied. Yeah. We know that God doesn't want anybody to go to hell. Yeah. So the first thing you think of when you read that, you go, well, what is he talking about? So I kind of had to go back over to Romans chapter 1 yeah. and look and see what the nature of man truly is once he fell in the garden. Yes. And God gives us every opportunity to turn to him and do right. But as the old nature that most people allow to run their lives, here it says God allows them just to uh, 
go so far that they just turn to retrograde. Yeah. In the last verse there in, in, in uh, Romans chapter 1, verse 32, it says, oh. Who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but they have pleasure in them that do them. Yeah. So you look at today and you think, all this mob rule stuff that goes on, people just... Um, you know, just call up their friends, they all surround cops when somebody's been arrested and all kinds of weird stuff. Uh, people think because people, in, in majority of people, will do wrong, that makes it right. It's, that's never true. No. So no. that's why they end up going to hell, because they can't see past their own thinking. They won't take the wisdom of God at heart at all. So I just thought that yeah. was strange for them. Yes, it is. Cindy and I talked about that quite a while. <laughs> so... Um, I like that. Um, I was going to share one, uh, uh, two kind of uh, close together, of similar meanings. Proverbs 15, 1 and 2. And um, a soft answer turns away wrath. But grievous words stir up anger. The tongue of the wise uses knowledge aright, but the mouth of fools pours out foolishness. Boy, I don't know if you've listened to, I can't listen to those podcasts. Some of it's the foolishness that comes out of that stuff. Uh, and even regular newscasts. Um, then parallel to that kind of uh, in thought is uh, Romans twenty-five fifteen. Um, I'm sorry, not Romans, Proverbs 25.15. By long forbearing is a prince persuaded, and a soft tongue breaketh the bones. Now that's a, uh, obviously an unusual comparison, uh, just talking about the strength of that tongue is able to uh, a soft tongue um, patience and gentle speech are very powerful very very powerful um, and they can have um, gracious speech can truly have a profound effect on people's hearts and minds and lives and an influence even the unsaved um, and then one other one, uh, again, the two that are similar. Proverbs uh, 17.22. These are some of my favorites. Uh, a merry heart doeth good like a medicine, but a broken spirit drieth the bones. Um, how many of you know that song? I was trying to... Yes, thank you. Yeah, I was trying to sing it for Cindy and butchered it. And uh, so... <laughs> <laughs> she didn't recognize it. But uh, a merry heart doeth do, do good like a medicine, but a, dry, but a broken spirit dries the bones. And um, the uh, Proverbs... There's, there's an indication here that uh, literally... Um, a merry heart literally causes good healing. Uh, not positive thinking, but a merry heart, joy, 
in the relationship that we have in God. Let's look at Proverbs 15.15, the last one that's parallel to this one. Um, All the days of the afflicted are evil, but he that is of a merry heart hath a continual feast. Now, again, this is not positive thinking. Some people would use that context to do positive thinking because that's what man can do. This is what God is doing. And I think the biblical perspective here is joyful trust. You could be in um, a... Um, afflict in days of affliction and still be in a continual feast because the joy of the Lord is our strength. And, and MacArthur, I found a quote from MacArthur, he says, continual feast, the joyous inward condition of the wise man's heart. And um, I think that's really helpful these days when there's so much that's so depressing. The world is just so heavy, so weighty, so negative, uh, and so evil. Uh, but we can have a continual feast because of the joyous inward um, condition of the wise man's heart. So, uh, do you have one? Another one? Oh. Proverbs 16.1 The preparations of the heart in man and the answer of the tongue is from the Lord. Um, just reminds me that we're dependent on God to work in people's hearts and that we're also dependent on Him to give us an answer. Yes. Proverbs 16.1 16.1 16.1 Okay. Got it. Got it. Yes. I like that. Yes. Uh, other, under somebody else? Yeah, Chuck. I'm just going to tack on to what you were saying yeah. about 15, what, 15, 15? Yeah, yeah. And then 28, 12, the first half says, When righteous men do rejoice, there is great glory. Say it again, 28 which? 12. 28, 12. First part of it. <laughs> yeah. You know, what came to mind is um, when righteous men do rejoice, his great glory, but when the wicked rise, uh, a man is hidden. The, um, I, I saw in my mind when the Allies invaded, well, when uh, Hitler took over Europe, people were out there and they were doing this, but you didn't see that a joyous look on their face. It was like, okay, here's your due. And uh, but when the Allies came in, they were just delirious with great joy. <laughs> and I love that. So that was 28. Which 12? 12. 12. And and men hide themselves uh, from that from the evil and people would just people were bailing out left and right of, of those countries but that that always reminds me of that you know uh, when the allies came in and the uh, people were ecstatic but 
when the invading forces, whether they were Italian or whatever, people were very, very quick to hide and uh, f fear of suffering. Uh, okay, so those are some examples. Those are great. Thank you all for, yes, Sheila, yes. Sixteen nine? Yeah. Okay. Yes. <laughs> you know, um, I used to go to work and I was, okay, and I would sit down and I'd say, okay, I got to do this today, this today, this today, this today. You know, I have a, somewhere around, you know, six to ten things that I had to do. And I'd start out, you're laughing because you know what I'm going to say. I'd start out and, you know, I had a plan, which is good because we should have a plan. But the tyranny of the urgent would uh, hit and God had a different way for me to go and I was able to deal with this popped up. You've got to deal with it right then. Could not let it wait. It would be that kind of thing. So uh, the Lord directs your steps when you meet those things that you can't deal with yourself. You had your plan, but God wanted you over here for some reason. Now, I used to get real upset when I, I couldn't do my plan, and then I realized God was in control. Scotty is not in control. And uh, that, um, I had to learn that lesson the very hard way. So uh, I, 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 I like that one, Sheila. The man's heart devises his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Um, now, any others before we... Cindy. Yeah, yeah. 24, 16, 24. Pleasant words are as in honeycomb, sweet to the soul, and health oh. to the body. There we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes, that um, that's a great illustration. The city knows I love honey. I like the light honey, you know, and like orange blossom or honey, you know, and all that stuff. And uh, that's uh, that's sweet. Uh, to the soul, and uh, but pleasant words are like that. See, they kind of do that parallel thing, and uh, uh, and actually, um, sometimes I like to take a bad situation that I've had a relation. You know, I I come into contact and somebody does wrong in that uh, business relationship. I try to find a way to turn that into honey. Uh, I try to, uh, especially if it was unintended, I try to thank somebody for something they did to rectify it. And uh, <laughs> I have to tell this, Sydney and I bought a washer and dryer because you know, you know, they only last like five years. So we, um, we, it was really pretty and, and we hated to get rid of it, we, both of them. So we bought you can't go a long time without a washer and dryer. No. No. If, otherwise, people won't talk to you very long. <laughs> so, we went down to Home Depot. There was a sale on. And it was kind of a guy that just wasn't the greatest guy in the world there. And so, Cindy wanted a pedestal. So, it was like a front-loading thing. So, the, the window's on the front. And so, she wanted to get the pedestal. And 
the pedestals were on sale, and so the guy gave us two pedestals and a washer and a dryer, and it was supposed to come. We bought a model we knew that would be there within three or four days, because some models would they were short of. So when it comes, I go out there, you know, and they're in the middle of the street. You know how they do that, tear, tear everything open in the middle of the street, you know, make sure neighbors can check it out. So, so I go out there and the guy said, I said, this looks a little complicated for a pedestal. What is this? He says, it's a washer. I said, we didn't order, the washer's over here. What is this? He says, it's another, it's a washer in the pedestal. I said, I never heard of that. And we didn't order that. And, and he said, yeah, there's two of them. Does he have two pedestals, a washer under the washer and a washer under the dryer? I said, you can't even do the, the washer under the dryer. I just thought, how did that even happen? The guy made a mistake when he looked, and I had him go over it with us, and it said washer pedestal, but I thought that was the pedestal for the washer, you know? So, and it wasn't that much difference in the money because it was on sale, and so I said, man, you know, that's not going to work. We, we, and, uh, so we wound up uh, sending that back. But we called a lady at, at their Home Depot operations center. She took an hour. She wrapped up the whole thing, refunds, when they're coming to pick it up. Um, very patient. Came back on the phone. Have you ever listened to the new age space music on the Home Depot or somebody else's and you wonder am I still here right. you know and so she would come back every five minutes or so so I'm working on this right now I want to get it all done right now and and I thought man this 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 lady is customer service personified so you know when she got back on and she wrapped it up Cindy and I thanked her for the extra effort she took to fix this because problems are going to occur right sure. But she took the extra mile to, to fix it. So the deal is, uh, like this indicated, uh, the, um, um, I think that, that encourages her to continue to do that kind of thing. And I wrote up a nice positive thing review of her doing that. But I, you know, I hope that was sweet to her soul. And, and, uh, and, and also... I felt good about it because instead of having negative thought about Home Depot, the delivery people, that the person that didn't have a little bit of enough IQ to write up a sales order and understand his product, I, I, I was able to kind of overshadow that by the wonderful, uh, the wonderful service that this person gave to us. And it, it was really encouraging. And uh, words can be used and really hurt you. And I, I love this. I, I love the gracious speech and the, the, the words fitly spoken are like leaves of gold and settings of silver. That's a misquote, but you, you know that, that. So words are really powerful. He addresses those here. Like, uh, okay. So, um, more. Any others? Great, great. Great discussion. Thank you. So, um, number four, what is wisdom and how is it described in chapter eight? So, I want you to take your little hand, pink handout that you're looking on there and flip it over. And on the back side, at the top, you'll see, and this came from Baker's... Uh, uh, 
No, this came from Nelson's book of uh, Bible maps and charts, okay? And uh, so it, the copyright allows you to do this. So they say that uh, the author here says, wisdom is personified in the Proverbs. Remember a lady that they call wisdom was doing things. And uh, wisdom acts as God's dynamic word. So wisdom is portrayed as God's dynamic word and is, and is personified. And in the New Testament, Jesus becomes the wisdom and the word of God in John 1. Um, so because of time, I'm not going to go to all these, pass all these passages, but for an exercise, if you'd like to do something that would be a big encouragement, is John 8, the origin of wisdom, in verse 22, is in God. Uh, wisdom originates with God. Right. Okay? And we know in the New Testament, it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes. Okay? It's from everlasting, verse 23. It's before all things, 23 through 30. And that's the origin. The teaching of wisdom is prudence, verses 5 and 12. Understanding, verse 5. Excellent or noble things, verse 6. Truth, verse 7. Hatred of wickedness, verse 7. Righteousness, knowledge, discretion, fear of the Lord. And then the value of wisdom, it yields riches and honor. It's greater than gold or silver, and the wise, are, the wise are blessed, and the wise find life, and the foolish love death. So, um, also there's a Proverbs at a glance section you might want to look at that kind of gives you an idea where everything is, and then when Proverbs were written and compiled, that's helpful too. So, uh, wisdom is described in chapter 8. Now, um, a couple of weeks ago, an Our Daily Bread came through, and um, uh, we get them on our email. I don't know if you've used the book or if you get them on your Days of Praise, not Our Daily Bread, came through, and the, there was, uh, this passage was featured, and I wanted to kind of share that with you. It's been a long time since we did You Be the Theologian. So I didn't get a chance to ask Pastor about this. So uh, see what you think, okay? There's some great minds on either side, great conservative Christian commentators and, and theologians on both sides. So, For your newest students, maybe you can describe you being a theologian. Okay, yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to present two differing views on one passage and then you uh, pick which you think applies, okay? So the passage is in is, uh, Proverbs 8, and the section is Proverbs 8, um, 22 through 36. Again, not going to read it in, in the interest of time, but uh, I'm going to read Days of Praise that kind of describe that. And Proverbs 8, 22 and 23 says, The Lord processed me in the beginning of his way before his works of old, I was set up from everlasting, from the beginning, or ever, or ever the earth was. Okay, now that may be not King James. I'm sorry, that was that I was reading from the text. Okay, the book of Proverbs repeatedly extols 
the virtues of true wisdom founded on the fear of the Lord. In the 8th chapter, however, beginning at verse 22, the theme changes, retreating far back in time to creation itself and even before. The statements in the next 10 verses, that's uh, 22 through 36, which is that passage, especially according to the author, I think it was Henry Morris uh, or one of his uh, sons, the statements in the next 10 verses especially must be of an actual divine person as a definition, as a definitive exposition, it becomes clear that the divine wisdom of Proverbs 8, 22-31 is none other than, he's saying this passage is a reference to the Lord Jesus Christ, the Word incarnate that's explained in John 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the Word was with God, and it, and it talks about the Word, the expression of God was Lord Jesus Christ. <laughs> And he says, the Lord Jesus Christ indeed fits perfectly all the statements in this particular section of Proverbs, which then gives marvelous new insight into the events of creation and divine and the divine fellowship of the Godhead before creation. So what he's going to say is, briefly, some believe that this is a prefiguring, that is a foreshadowing, a picture of Christ. Others say, well, no, it's not. And since Christ is wisdom of God, it's natural that it would look like Christ. Um, it, it's, it fits him because Christ is wisdom. <coughs> so finishing that up, he says, the New Testament makes it plain that Jesus Christ is indeed the incarnate wisdom of God. He is the word by whom all things were made, John 1, 1 through 3. He is the truth, John 14, 6. He is the light, John 8, 12, by whom, all, by whom alone men can come to God and follow him. He is called the power of God, the wisdom of God in 1 Corinthians 1, 24. And he called himself the wisdom of God in eleven forty nine. <laughs> then he finishes by saying, All the vaunted knowledge of the world's thinkers and scientists is empty and futile apart from the Lord Jesus Christ. The living word of God, for in him alone are found, and here's where Colossians comes in, all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge, Colossians 2.3, are found in the Lord Jesus Christ. Closing the loop with Colossians there. I didn't do that. That's in here. So, so he's saying that this is... A, um, a picture, a foreshadowing of Christ. Rowry says no. Schofield says yes. I didn't go to a whole lot of other people. But the, um, this is um, the, um, what's the Days of Praise? It's from the Creation Institute. And they say yes. I, th I say, I think it does. If, if, if the Lord Jesus Christ is wisdom, then it's prefiguring him. Because if they're prefiguring wisdom, then they're prefiguring the Lord Jesus Christ by default. So, I don't know what you think. I thought about that a long time, and I thought, that's a hard one. That's really hard. So, was, uh, was Solomon uh, led to prefigure the Lord Jesus Christ, or was he purely talking about wisdom there? You can take a look at it, see what you think, and uh, check it out. Um, so, I didn't ask for a show of hands there, because that one's a hard one. 
Okay, so, okay, our time is, is moving. Um, yeah. I'm jumping over a few things here. MacArthur says there are two major themes that are interwoven and overlapping through Proverbs. That's wisdom and folly. Foolishness, folly. Wisdom, which includes knowledge, understanding, instruction, discretion, and obedience, is built on the fear of the Lord and the Word of God. Folly is everything else that opposes them. And I thought that was really good. That, that really crystallizes the thought there. Number six, what is understanding, knowledge, and instruction? Now, some of you in this handout, 31 Days of Proverbs Project, in the back of it, uh, there's a page 29, and Pastor, just, uh, he actually uh, defined those. So I don't know if you have a page 29, but he said, wisdom is the ability and discernment to perceive the important uh, and set aside distractions and make decisions that align with God's order in the universe. And then understanding is the facility of the mind to see consequences of an action or attitude. Or um, knowledge is the relevant facts needed to make a decision as opposed to the unimportant facts or distractions. And then instruction can be a verb, which is imparting knowledge to another or a noun. Those are precepts that convey knowledge. So those that's good to know those shades of meanings there. Um, now, briefly, there are some challenges in and interpreting Proverbs. And I kind of like you to know that because um, there are people that had st studied the Bible for years and years and years and years and years and years and even know the original languages who struggle on these things. So MacArthur says the first challenge is generally the elusive nature of wisdom literature itself. Like the parables, the intended truths are often veiled from understanding if given only a cursory glance, and they must be pondered in the heart. Uh, you have to work at it to understand it. Another challenge is the extensive use of parallelism, which is placing truths by, side by side, so the second line expands, completes, defines, and emphasizes or reaches the logical conclusion or the ultimate end, in some cases, a contrasting point of view. A lot of times that parallel is actually implied, and that makes it even more difficult. And then I'm finishing up here. He says that if you, in interpreting the Proverbs, one must, number one, determine the parallel, the parallelism, and often complete what is assumed and not stated by the author. That's part of their poetry. <laughs> and identify the figures of speech, number two, and rephrase, rephrase it without those figures, and then summarize the lesson or principle 
of the proverb in a few words. And that's exactly what we did just a few minutes ago. And then find examples inside scripture. Um, and that, that helps us to dis discern those things. Um, looking at number seven, who is our wisdom? It's the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's found in 1 Corinthians 1.30. Uh, anybody want to say anything final about Proverbs or something you learned from it? I really enjoyed it. Cindy and I really enjoyed kind of doing this together. And uh, things she saw, I didn't see. And it was really a joy to, to do that. So let's have a word of prayer. Lord, be with us as we finish these chapters of Proverbs. We thank you for your word, which is um, the word of God. And we, Father, we pray that you would impart to us wisdom through our relationship with you, through the Lord Jesus Christ, who is the wisdom of God, and that you would help us to be wise, that you would help us to have a right understanding of your will, and that we would align your will with our will. We know that is wise. Thank you for each one that's here. Thank you for each one that's watching. Pray that you would be with our service to follow. We pray for those that are ill, for healing. And uh, thank you for, again, your blessing. We pray your blessing upon all that uh, have have uh, set through this and, uh, and observed and heard and participated. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.